Amen. Thank you guys. Thanks for leading us in worship. Appreciate it. Great songs. Great time of celebrating Him. Uh, Pastor Josh and uh, our youth, if you would come forward instead of going down. Come here. Just right here in the front. Any of you youth come with me? Come on up here. I don't know where they're at, but uh, are they already gone? Yeah. Okay. I wanted a donut. That's why I called you up here. Stay right there, man. Hey, we'll make this fast, but uh, not not to be disrespectful at all. Um, most of you may have heard that Marseille, uh, he helped in the cafe. 18-year-old just graduated out of our youth group into young adults. Uh, passed away suddenly this week. Um, uh, he had a sugar episode, was in the hospital, and uh, he was unresponsive. And so his family, Rochelle, and the rest of the kids are obviously uh, devastated and uh, just completely taken back with this. And so the youth, obviously, uh, having Marseille been a part of our youth since he was a little boy, they uh, joined our church when we were over on Broadway, grew up in the church, and um, family needs our prayers. And so does our youth pastor. Youth, you know, uh, I'd never want to go through that time in my life again. It was the hardest time in my life, period. Done. No question about that. And dealing with everything that our teens are dealing with today, the uh, issues of our culture, as well as something that comes at us like this, I want you to know, if you're not aware, suicide rates are up amongst youth. Addiction issues are up amongst youth. There's all kinds of problems they're dealing with, with this other stuff that's been added to us and the lack of ability to be together. They need our prayers. So we just want to pause for just a minute. Would you pray for Pastor Josh and our youth? Father, we love you. We're so grateful for this man of God that you brought to us. Lord, for such a time as this, you brought him here, and we know that. He completely needs you more than ever in his entire ministry life today. Lord, your spirit, discernment, wisdom, guidance, and direction for him. We pray for Marseille's family, his friends, God, that they would be open to you right now. This is a time, God, that you move and you come, and so we need you to. We need you to minister to the family, bring comfort to them, but also awaken every single one of them to the need of Jesus more than ever before. We ask this in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. God bless you, brother. You let them know we love them. Thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, we're good. I'm very blessed to be with you today. Uh, God is so good. It's our second Sunday of Advent, as you know, which... Last week was our uh, the Sunday of hope, and Jesus Christ is our hope, and He came, and what an amazing thing it is that He did. And I mentioned last Sunday uh, when we were doing that that uh, you know, in in light of everything that's going on in our world, there's never been an Advent season in my life, and especially as a pastor, that there was never more of a need of the message of hope than now. And as we step into the second Sunday, which is the Sunday of peace, I can say the exact same thing. The crazy turmoil of our lives, our country, our nation, and the world, we need peace. The thing is, is that as we begin to look into what God says to us and what he speaks to us about today, I want you to know that he is peace. The prophet proclaimed that he was the Prince of Peace when he would come. And we are going to look at Scripture today, and we want you to know that even in spite of the fact of everything that's going on in the world around us, everything happening in our nation, all the political upheaval, all the social upheaval that's happening, all the brokenness of families, there is peace available through it all. At the birth of Jesus, the angels proclaimed the good news to the shepherds, as you know. We read these scriptures, we read them every year at Christmas, we hear them over and over again. We're going to read several verses that we've heard, but we need to hear this because the message of God today of peace is one that you and I desperately need. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Before I read any more, I've got to stop because you know there's, the, um, there are, there's been attacks against God's word all along in the secular world does not want to admit that the Bible is God's word and so they're always trying to find errors within it. This is what I know. The world that believes in evolution and um, anything other than the word of God and God's creation and anything about God, see, 
they are looking for what they call the missing link, something that will tie their theory into reality, which they'll never find, nor have they, and anything they've brought forth has been disproved. The Word of God, however, when there are questions about peoples, people groups, events, whatever's going on, archaeologists find evidence of God's truth being God's truth. Over and over again, things that have been challenged by humans, God has allowed us to discover and find things to prove God's word is truth. So I want you to know that as the enemy tries to put forth things like the census taxation by uh, Roman Emperor Augustus, because our world and our, our findings say, well, there's no such record in history, I just want you to know, just like always, it will turn up. God's word is truth. You can trust him. So I tell people that believe in hoping for the missing link that the evidences that we hope for and see as truth will be revealed. They always are. God's word is truth. And it takes more belief and faith to believe in a missing link like the evolutionary process would bring forth than it would be to believe in what God's word says. So as we go on, I want you to know God's word is always truth. It will prove itself out. This is the first census taken. And I think this is awesome because God's word is so amazing that he brings in particular aspects of things so that you and I would understand the time frame in which we are looking. Throughout history in the word of God, we find these little gems of truth of time so that we are able to know in history when things have taken place and therefore we find those discoveries. So you notice as Dr. Luke, and he was a doctor, wrote these things, he made this very particular statement right here. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. So you have two political officials in a specific time frame that is taking place. Therefore, we can pinpoint in history when Jesus was born and came into the world. And therefore, this truth is there and it will be discovered for all to believe. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. Now, I'm not going to stop the whole time, but I want you to see this. God's promise was that the Savior would come through the lineage of King David. He would be born in Bethlehem, and then he would be called a Nazarene. Isn't it amazing how God put stuff together? He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And when they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast hope of the others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying... Not singing, by the way. Everybody thinks the choir of angels sang, but it doesn't say that. God's word actually says they were saying this. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Why are we reading all this? Well, it's Christmas, of course. But there's something important in here. Christian, we need to hear this message more than ever before about what God says the Messiah was bringing to his people. He will bring. This is the angel's message. Peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Right? So it's not that there's going to be peace on the earth. That's not going to happen. 
Sin and chaos are in the world. But the peace comes to those whom God is pleased with. In other words, those who are following the Savior who is the Prince of Peace. Therefore, I just want you to know, you can pray for world peace, never going to happen. So you might as well not bother praying. That, I mean that. No, you need to pray, just not that topic. See, seriously, as we look at God's Word, we need to understand what God says to us, what He is talking to us about, and what is available to us through Jesus, not just put some generic thing out there or hear context of things. It's like we, the Christmas story, they always have Mary on a donkey. It doesn't say anything about a donkey. It doesn't say there's three wise men. We just assume that because there was three kinds of gifts given that there was three guys. It doesn't say three, three wise men. I had someone in church one day say, hey, what were the wise men's name? I was like, I have no idea. It's because they had names in some place somewhere or something and everybody just picked up on them, you know? It's like they're not even mentioned about how many there were. It just says magi came from the east. See, we need to know what God's Word says because it's really important for us. Because when we, as Christians, put little... And I haven't looked in the parking lot. If you have this, don't panic. But a bumper sticker on their car says, pray for peace. It's like, ain't going to happen. I'm sorry. God's Word says that there is peace available, but it's not the peace the world can ever have. Only the, the redeemed, only those who have stepped into this relationship with God through Jesus Christ will ever experience peace. And that's what's available to you and I, and we need to know that. See, when Jesus was about to give his life, remember, this was the angel's message, and now we're going to travel all the way to just before he's going to go to the cross. Jesus gives this amazing message as he is preparing his followers for the challenges that are coming their way that they had no clue about. Life brings us challenges. The world is not a friendly place. Sin reigns in the world. The enemy himself is the prince of this world. Jesus even said so. He's the king. Don't forget that. Jesus, I'm saying. The devil's only the prince. But listen, here's the deal. He knew they were going to face some problems, and he gave this message, not only them, but to you and I. Listen, I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give so don't be troubled or afraid remember what I told you I am going away but I will come back to you again that's the second advent if you really love me you'd be happy that I'm going to the father who is greater than I am I have told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen you will believe I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches check this out he has no power over me <laughs> isn't that awesome man come on church that is absolutely a thing to celebrate so Jesus is confirming of course, the message God sent through the angels as they came forth and proclaimed that he would provide peace on the earth to those whom God was pleased with. God is pleased with those who would serve him and follow the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And he's bringing peace to his followers. Listen to the message now. Peace of mind and heart. There's been so much chaos, like we were just praying for our youth. It's not just youth where the suicide rates are up in. It's not just youth where addiction's up. All this stuff is happening across our country and our culture as people are troubled in mind and heart. Church, the Word of God says this. Jesus came to give us peace of mind and heart. This presence of God that brings us that peace. See, there's a peace that the believer has that is not affected by the things of this world. That does not mean we don't go through the things of this world. But see, the things of this world do not affect the peace of my mind and my heart. However, what we have today is we have multiple Christians who are troubled in their hearts and minds when the Word of God says that He has brought peace in those areas. So what is going on with us? 
Okay, we already know that the world is going to have chaos, troubles, and a lack of peace. Anxieties and worries and fears are going to live there because those are the products of sin. But in the church, with the redeemed, those who have entered into relationship with God through Jesus Christ, when we are in this place of um, confusion in the world, misunderstanding, and all the stuff that's happening around us, we ought to have peace of mind and heart regardless. That's the message of Christ. It's not affected by the things of this world. All right. See, our confidence comes in knowing our Lord is in control of our life. Jesus' statement is awesome. He tells us, the rule of this world approaches, he has no power over me. That brings you peace. No authority over you. Too many Christians give the devil too much credit. All right, we always say like, well, he's been giving me a hard time this week. Well, you know, I want you to know this is God's word. God allows whatever has come your way. He doesn't create it or cause it, but stuff happens in our life. But God says, I will be with you through it all. Even when we go through death, then we're all going to die unless Jesus comes back before that happens. More than likely, we're going to die. I was looking at some stats about this because I'm trying to make some sense of the COVID deaths versus the regular deaths and where these rates are and what's going on in our world. And in 2018, uh, you know, it was like, I think I'm just going off my memory, so don't quote me. You can always Google it or you, Yahoo it. Don't Google it. <laughs> and not right now, but I'm just saying, like, it's like 3 million people died in the United States, I think, in 2018. It was 2,800,000 some thousand. Again, I'm going off my memory. That's not a good thing. So I'm looking at this, and in 2018, which is the last time we have actual statistics that are available to us, um, the average lifespan was 78.1 years. And that, you know, that's an average of all from infant mortality to everyone dying. And so I was like thinking about that, and it's actually up a little bit because of our great medical fields and breakthroughs and helps that we have received. And I sat there for a little while, like looking at that, trying to put stuff together. And it dawned on me, I'm 58. And I was like, wow, I got 20 years. <laughs> I was like, that's not very long. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I sat there for a while thinking about that. Man, God, I, um, I need to get after some stuff. <laughs> yeah, like this reality moment, like Dave. This, if you just live a normal life according to you, the human predictions and all the things that's there, you got 20 years, dude. You better do something serious and fast. Right? It's like it's no time to play games, man. The finish line is, I can see it. It's getting closer, for real. And I look at that and it's like, Jesus says, look, I, I need you to let people know that I am the answer to all this stuff. Whatever you're going to face, you're going to face me. You understand that on the other side of that finish line, there is the God that we say we serve. And He's the one that we're going to be giving account to. And He is there on the other side of that finish line, calling us home (laughs) with His arms open wide. And He's telling us right now, you can have confidence and peace of mind and heart because I'm there and I'm with you. Church, like, it just brings that peace. It's like no panic, no anxieties, no fears. I do not fear death. I don't mean that. I, I understand it's our enemy. It is. It's the product of sin, not God. Therefore, it is an enemy, for it was never intended to be part of our life. And I'm not excited about it. Okay? I, I want to just bypass that. I want Jesus to come back when I'm 78.1 years old. (laughs) All right. Anyway. So so back this. So Jesus gave us this promise, and it's the foundation of our lives as believers. It is. So the swirling mind of confusion, fear, and anxiety that the enemy is trying to throw at us at every level, Right? Like, do you wonder why that the, the message from news media and everything else, and I'm not 
like picking up one or the other. I'm saying all news media sources are always throwing fear, anxieties, and worries at us. I mean, you know, at Christmas time, they might do one good story because it's Christmas in the hour of news. It's followed by another hour of news, another hour of news. And it's all dark, painful, fearful. It's all about worry and anxiety. You know why? Because the world is in sin. And it is the product of, I mean, uh, the worry, anxieties, and fears are the product of sin. Confidence and peace is the product of our salvation. And Jesus tells us this. So Jesus promised that we could have peace of mind and heart. Now, if you haven't been having that, just relax. God's going to help us today in this message. Because I know many Christians have been troubled by everything that's been going on. And fears and anxieties and worries and stress have been piling up on people. And we've been chasing that thing and it just snowballs in our life. But Jesus promised us peace of mind and heart. He says, when you follow me, your soul is right with God. Our mind should be untroubled by the happenings and the events of the world around us. Okay? Because we're right with God. The world is never going to be right. Political things will never fix our issues. Come on, man. They've never been the answer. Only Christ is the answer to that. And so when we allow those things to rob us of what God has provided for us, what are we doing? See, we've got to live the faith. The next verses we're going to read are verses we have visited multiple times over the last two years. But I love the fact that God has had us visiting these verses over the past two years. For one thing, God already knew what 2020 would bring. It was not a surprise to him. He's not trying to figure it out. He already has it figured out. And he was preparing us, church, if we were listening and applying his word, he was preparing us for such a time as this. Because when we look in his word, and any of you that have been around the church for a while, you know that we've continuously used these. If you watch the Be the Church video series that we send out, devotionals through the week, I've done a few of them on these verses as well as the messages and the times that we've reflected on these verses. So church, you know that we've looked at this. And because of that, it should also bring you peace. It should, because it's just an affirmation of God. Philippians chapter 4, you ought to know these by now. They should be memorized in your heart. If for nothing else, then you've heard me say them enough. But you ought to memorize these. Come on, all of you worried people. Don't worry about anything. Yeah, but. No. Sorry. There's no yeah, but. There's no asterisk for a footnote. It doesn't matter that you're a mom. Doesn't matter that you're a dad or a grandparent. Doesn't matter. Don't worry about anything. Instead, oh, wait a minute. We've got an answer. Pray about everything, period. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. (laughs) Stop trying to figure it out. Have faith. I mean, God's already said it to us. It's in His Word over and over again. We receive the peace when we act like believers. When we engage faith and we engage God, we receive His peace. All right, we'll keep moving. His peace will guard... Oh, wait a minute. This goes right in line with what Jesus promised. Your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Every single one of you have heard this over and over again. And if it's the first time, it's God's Word. Put it in the bank. God's Word says something to us. If you're struggling with turmoil, anxieties, worries, fears, all the stuff that's going on and you need peace, just follow the outline. It's right here. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Pause. Let's just stop for a minute. Let's pray about everything. Whatever comes up, whatever the enemy tries to push in your face, 
Whatever fears, anxieties, worries, turmoil that tries to get pushed on you for you to accept inside yourself that you can dwell over it, reject that stuff and pray about it. Say, God, you know all about this. You know all the choices my kids are making. I can't stop them. I'm talking about older kids, not the little ones. You can stop them. God, you know I give them to you. I can't own that. I can't control that, God. I give them to you. That's why we do the dedication service when they're babies, which we're doing on the 20th. We bring and present our children before God and say, God, they're yours. I know I'm a steward of this life and I want to plant Jesus in their hearts, but God, ultimately they're going to leave me and they're yours. Don't forget that. They're his. God, we give them to you. Our family, our friends, political mess doesn't say don't pray about it. We should pray about it. God, please bring some sense into the chaos that is going on. Bring truth to the lies that are being taught all around us. God, bring healing to our society that is so broken. See, what's being modeled for us in the brokenness of our society all around church is an awakening to us to the reality of what God's word says and the answer to the brokenness in society will only come through Jesus and nothing else. God's word tells us, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. So let's talk about your personal issues. You can talk to God about them and you need to line them up. You're supposed to. You should be having daily prayer time with God every day. You got issues. Come on. Does anybody here not have some kind of an issue in your life? Therefore, we should be praying. God's word says pray about everything. But not just pray about everything. Tell God what you need. It's okay to tell him. What? I highly doubt he's going to get you a Mercedes. (laughs) Or whatever your, you know, choice is. I doubt it. I'm not saying he won't. I just said, I doubt it. See, James talks about that. If you look at his stuff, he says, you ask God, but you ask for your own consumption and flesh. That's why you don't get what you're asking for. You should be asking in your prayers, believing in God and what he's doing, right? So it's like once we get off of ourselves and our fleshly self, and we begin to pray and ask God, and we tell him what we really need. As I was reflecting this week and talking about that 20 years, and I was like, I read some scriptures and, and Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you for the blind man? I'm going to do a devotional on that. It's such a great story. I love it. It's one of my favorite. Blind man yelling out to Jesus. I don't want to blow it. I'm going to give it to you later. But <laughs> what do you want me to do for you? That's what Jesus said. What do you want me to do for you? It's like, wow, that's an amazing question. What do you want me to do for you? I sat there and I was contemplating that and I'm saying, if Jesus said to me right now, what do you want me to do for you? I'd be like, oh, I thought I had a few answers, you know, and then I began to think through them. Yeah. And then I began to process things. And what is it that I would really, if he just asked me, what, what do you want? Whew, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? Yeah. And then I'm looking at his word and it, this is what he says. Tell God what you need. Go ahead, make your list. Take it to him. And then thank him for all he's already done. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. Look at all that God has done for us. And this is the result, he says. When you follow these directions, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. So we're always trying to figure stuff out. We're trying to find the answers. The answer has been giving. And it's something you can't create or manufacture in your mind. It's not something that we are going to intellectually engage with. It's something that's going to spiritually happen. And it's beyond our comprehension because it's God. So here's what happens then. He tells us, his peace is going to guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. See, what we keep coming back to over and over again is that your life matters and it needs to be lived for Christ. Your conversations, your conduct, your actions, your decisions, the what you do, how you do it, all is for Christ and in Christ. And therefore, when you live that way, the peace of God floods over you. (laughs) We can trust him. God is good to his word, church. He will keep you in perfect peace when you surrender, trust, and obey. 
Surrender to the promises, the truth of God's word. Trust him that he's going to take you through whatever it is that he's asking you to face. And then be obedient to what he's saying to you. It's so simple. So he takes one more step because he knows us. So those who are warriors will find a reason to worry. My mom was a terrible warrior. It used to frustrate me, it still does, that she lived her life like that when there's an answer in God's word to help you. I'm, that was not a, I don't mean that disrespectfully. She's a wonderful lady. But she could have been more free. And you can. Listen to me, all you warriors. You know who you are. This is God's word. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Oh, well, here's the problem. Don't have to read anything else. What I'm worrying about is true. I'm obedient to the word of God. What I'm concerned with is true. It's factual. No, stop it. Stop manipulating God's word to allow you to live in your anxieties and fears. God's word says this. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Well, guess what? You got to shut off the news now. (laughs) I'm not anti-news. I'm just saying, like, look where the sources of the problem are in your life. And God says, think about these things. Fix your thoughts. Come on. You're men and women of God. We're supposed to be modeling something to this world that is fixed on the brokenness, consumed with the worry, driven by fear, cause chaos in the world around us. We as the believers aren't supposed to be engaging in that. We're supposed to be fixing our thoughts on the things of God and the good and the power of God and what He wants to do and how He restores Church, there's been world revivals that have taken place two times after the book of Acts. They are called in history the Great Awakenings. You can look it up. Again, not now, later. Do the search. They are dated and they are given in times of how God moved globally. Globally. People were coming to Christ. Nations were changed. Bars were closed in the cities in the United States of America because they had no patrons. Come on, man. Because people were finding Christ and their lives were changing. God's word is powerful. God's not giving up. He is sparing us more time because his word tells us he doesn't want anyone to miss out. Therefore, he's long-suffering and he's patient because he wants people to repent everywhere. We've deserved the wrath of God. The nation of America has turned its back on him. We should be wiped out. But God's amazing mercy and grace is saying, come to me. I am your answer. His peace is available. Start fixing your mind on the things that God has done. Remember? Look at those things. He's amazing. So if you're a warrior, or if you live with one, this is to help you both. Because I know that those who live with the warrior have a different type of anxiety that you have to deal with. But it still says don't be anxious about anything. So both of us need to understand that. There's only two steps given in God's word. There's a third step as a follow-up, but the two main steps that we need to agree on. So the reason why we're together is so that we can encourage one another in our growth, our faith, and our walk with God, right? So we both need to agree to these two two steps. First, I would encourage you to post that verse in your home, on your tablets, on your computers, on your phone, whatever it is, that fix your thoughts thing, right? The second thing I'd like you to do to help us, I'm saying it's just an encouragement, just a word of help, that you need to identify the sources of the fearful, worrisome thoughts that come into your life. What are those? Where do they come from, for real? See, like a lot of stuff comes from the things we willingly engage in. Social media stuff. 
I'm not trying to blame everything on the news and media. I'm just saying that's a big source of our issues today. It is. You know it is. Uh, programs, there may be people you need to stop hanging around. For real? All right? We need to remove them. Remove whatever is causing the fearful, worrisome, anxious stuff in your life. Remove it from your life. So you need to agree on those two things. Post that verse and then identify together. There's a great thing about this accountability when we share it together. Look, be honest with you. Here's my problem. Here's one of my sources of anxiety. It's your family. No, don't take advantage of that, okay? I'm just... All right, that was just a joke to try and help us out here, all right? Let's just go on. All right. (laughs) See, we've got to change. If we don't change the way we're doing things now, nothing's going to change. You're going to still live in your anxieties and fears and worries, and it's going to continue to affect your relationships with people, but more importantly, it's going to affect your relationship with God. We've got to change. And if we don't confront the issue, we aren't going to change. Therefore, stuff needs to be removed from our life and stuff needs to be added. What needs to be added is God's promise. Yes. All right. We've been given the gift of peace from Jesus. It's ours for the taking. No excuses not to have it. Period. Heart and mind. There is no excuse not to have it. So in the midst of the storms still have peace of heart and mind. When things don't make sense, I still have peace of mind. Remember what word, God's word says? It's beyond our understanding. It's like the presence of God comes. doesn't change what's happening around us. It changes in me. And I feel that peace of God. Now look at what God says in his word. He tells us the Holy Spirit is producing in us. Again, verses we've shared. You know this verse. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Guess what he produces? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See that? So see, all of God's promises tie together. And he speaks to the believer. The Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, producing peace. How does that happen? We just went through the verses that tell us. Giving us amazing outline saying, there you go. You don't have peace? Here's how you can have it if you don't have it. And you need to have it because Christ is the answer and He is your peace. The Holy Spirit's making it happen in you. What's your problem? I'm being serious. What is your problem? Our problem is our trust. Our acceptance of God's peace. The hope that we experienced last week, we've been experiencing it, but we spoke about last week, brings about the peace that we're talking about this week. (laughs) He's amazing, isn't he? We're going to take a couple minutes on our action steps, so I'm prefacing that because I don't want everybody like an action steps. You're like, we're done. I'm out of here. Just shut your mind off. This is the time to engage right now. First off, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will never have peace. You won't. No matter what's happening in your life, you may feel good today because things may be going okay, but that's a false peace that will leave you at the next problem. The peace that Christ promises us is an eternal peace that stays within us no matter what's happening in our life, and you cannot have that peace unless you know Jesus. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to do that today. He is calling you. And he's inviting you into a relationship with the Father that you might experience him. Those of you that are online, we do have a chat thing available to you. If you need help, if you want someone to help walk you through that, it's very simple and easy. Be more than happy to call you and walk you through that. Someone can help you. Those of you that are here, don't leave today without doing that. Receive Christ as your Savior. We're going to have a time of prayer at this altar. Please come forward. Just wave your hand at me if you're going to do that, if you want some help. If not, you're welcome to do it. Just let me know what you're doing today. Here's the second step, Christian. So um, if you're not experiencing peace in your life today, I'm talking to Christians now. Scripture says you need to pray and tell God what you need. So if you don't have peace, that's the very first thing you ask God for. God, I don't have peace. (laughs) I got worries and anxieties and fears and I have all this stuff and this turmoil in my head. I don't have peace. So you need to come and ask God for peace. 
that peace is available through Christ. We know that. We know the Holy Spirit produces that in our life. But what we need to do is as we pray, ask the Holy Spirit to identify the unrest, the fears, the worries, and what is the source of that anxiety. And the reason we're asking him to identify that is so that we can remove it from our life. All right? We're talking about change here. So if you are struggling with that, that's what you need. The second thing that you'll need to do with that is ask for healing, forgiveness, whatever one it needs to be, and begin to exercise faith in that area of your mind, your heart, and your life. So we exercise faith saying, God, I'm not going to be that way. I'm not going to allow that to own me. I'm not going to receive that into myself, for that is not of you, and I am not of that. I am made new in Christ. So this is not a psychological one-on-one counseling session. This is a spiritual move of God who wants to restore us and make us whole. Now, if it fits into the category of psychology, I don't care. All I know is that God wants to redeem us, and he wants to redeem our minds and our thoughts, our heart, and our life. And therefore, God wants to speak peace over you. So now, once we open that door and we ask him to show that, we exercise faith by repenting, receiving his healing, whatever it is. Now we need to thank him for all that he's done. Look back, man. Look at everything God has done for you. The fact that you are able to hear me today is God's grace. It's God, man. Now the door's been open. When we do these steps and we're following that, the door has now been opened and the Holy Spirit can actively work in us. See, the Holy Spirit can't produce in us what we don't allow Him to produce. Because when I am consumed with the things of the world, the Spirit can't be in control. That's why God's Word says you've got to start reengaging your mind in the right things. Because that's how you're transformed. By the work of the Spirit the product that that produces within you by an act of God is seen, experienced, and beyond our understanding as we are transformed like God. So I want you to know that you're going to be tempted to not trust His peace that He promised. You're going to be. This is why we're told to fix our mind on these things, right? Because the enemy is going to try and come right after you. As soon as you say, I surrender, the enemy is going to be knocking on your door. Remember, He has no power over Christ. All right, he doesn't. Therefore, we don't have to give in to that temptation. We're going to constantly face temptation as long as we live and breathe. But we don't give in to that. He's given us the formula of victory. He says, all right, as soon as that comes, you know God's got you because he promised that in 1 Corinthians that you're not going to be tempted beyond what you can bear. Therefore, I will fix my mind on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable, excellent and worthy of praise. Man, when I fix my eyes right there, those problems disappear. They don't vanish from life. They disappear from my heart and mind. And I don't have to cope with it and deal with it because God's got me. And we're going to walk through that thing. Everyone that follows God's words steps that we just shared right now will experience peace. Don't leave without it. It's God's promise. Therefore, the altar is open right now. Look, the first thing that's going to come in your mind is if I go up there, everybody's going to think I'm a warrior. Well, you are. (laughs) Who cares? It's the first step to victory. Stepping through that. It's God's truth that He is calling you and inviting you. There are some of you that aren't warriors, but you've been anxious about the warrior and stressing out and not trusting God. You need to confess that too. God wants to do something in your life today. Don't walk out without it. There's an amazing peace God wants to bring to us, church, that's been provided through Jesus Christ. Man, it's available right now. Don't leave without it. Don't leave without it. He loves you. He loves you so awesome i'm so proud of you guys coming forward (laughs) so proud of you god you know why we're here every one of us you know what we feel inside you know what's happening in our minds (laughs) we're here because of you god because we need you never more than now in our life we need you all of you
as you're praying, you know what we were just looking at, right? You know exactly what God's saying to you. The steps that we will follow. Tell Him what you need. Let's begin that way. If you, you need to stand or sit on the front row, you can do that. You don't have to kneel. Just come before the Lord, honoring and humbling yourself before Him, regardless of your physical posture. Tell Him what you need. Go ahead. He invites us to do that, right? God, this is what I need. My family's jacked up. I can't control it. I, I need you to fix it. <laughs> my marriage is messed up. My relationship's messed up. God, my life is messed up. You know, just tell him what you need. God, I need you to fix it. I can't. Church, please know you can't. Only God. And God, we give that to you right now. is what we need we need your peace God we need that therefore we confess all that fear anxieties and worries to you Lord we embrace you here today God you have done amazing things in our lives thank you remember as you're praying and you're asking God for what you need you don't have to beg him he wants to give it to you God's not measuring your repentance. He sees your heart. Therefore, as we ask him for what we need, he says then, thank him for what he's done. Man, just see in the midst of that, oh, I need you is, oh God, you have done this. So many things. You're amazing. Look back. There's been times where you didn't know how it would work out. God was there. God, you've been there. You've always been there. It's me that's been the problem. <laughs> Lord, that ends today. That ends today. God, today. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for what you've done. Thank you, God. <laughs> oh, God, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing right now, God. Thank you for what you're doing. We give our families to you. We give our relationships to you. We give the political issues of our country to you. We give the social unrest to you. The racial issues, the social issues, the border issues, the personal issues, the school issues. God, all of it, we give it to you. God, we can't do anything about it. We have to trust you through it all. And God, we want your peace to flood over your people now, Lord. We give you COVID and all that's going on and the confusion that it's brought into our world. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. Holy Spirit, Jesus, you promised peace. Holy Spirit, you've been sent to produce that in us. And so today, right now, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, God, you, through the Holy Spirit, release that peace in the hearts of those who are seeking you now. Lord, in place of worries and anxieties and fears, let there be peace. Lord, in Jesus' name, let it be, God, for your glory. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord promise of peace, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, God. Thank you, God. <laughs> All right. He tells us now, fix our, our thoughts on what is true and honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, worthy of praise. So God, you are so worthy of our praise today. God, your word is amazing. It is powerful. It is truth. It's life-transforming, God. God, we fix our minds and our hearts and our thoughts upon the promises that you have given in the healing of our lives. Lord, we today surrender. We trust. And we obey. In the name of Jesus today, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Jesus. None of you need to go anywhere that needs to stay here and pray. 
Bring them on over, brother. Absolutely. I'm assuming we're up here for prayer. Absolutely. Absolutely, do it. This is about the peace we were just praying about, right? This is exactly what God's message is about today. So we're asking God to birth peace in the hearts of our youth today. It's through Jesus that it happens, guys. It's the only way it happens. Go ahead, brother. and that every tongue that comes against them, Father, in the midst of this painful valley that they're in, Lord, may every tongue that comes against them be condemned, Lord. Yes. Help us to always recognize, as it says in John 16, that in this world we will That's have so. troubles, That's but so. we can take heart because you have overcome the world yes. and you have That's overcome right. eternity. And I just pray that in the midst of this season, this Lord, dark valley that we're in, that we would take our faith seriously, not just with the youth, but the entire congregation, yes. Lord. We don't know. Father, we don't know what today brings. We don't know what tomorrow brings, but we know that you are the God of of eternity, Father. So I just pray that you would just put eternity in our hearts, Lord, and that you would prepare us, Lord. And as we call ourselves Christians, as we call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, Father, that we would take up that calling and take it seriously, Lord. Surround this precious group that you have given to us, Lord. Surround their minds, Lord, their emotions, their bodies, Father, their actions, their reactions, Lord. Yes, God. Help us to lean on you, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Yes, God. In Jesus we love you, God, and we thank, thank you, God, Jesus. for this group, Father. And we leave them in your mighty hands. Yes, we do. We are your children. We are supposed to fall back on you, Father. So I pray that we may as a church, as a community, Father, and more and most importantly as children of God, yes, we may recognize you as our mighty Father. Yes, Comfort this group, Lord. Help us to lean on you and help us to rally together as a church in support of one another because that's why we're here. We love you, God, and we leave this painful situation in your hands. Yes, we do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, guys. God bless you all. Thanks for being here today. Hold on to what God's done for you today. Hold on.